When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We continue our FAQ series today and we are talking Browns defense. This is part one of two discussing the Browns defense. We get into how good the defense can be and then we take a look at the defensive front, uh, what Miles Garrett can do and how the Browns will complement it. So it's all coming up here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Uh, I tell you about Football Insider every single time. Going to do it now. Training camp is getting closer. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Click on that, and you can get a newsletter every single day. It's written by a member of our Browns reporting team. You get access to exclusive stories on Cleveland.com slash Browns, so no more of that hitting that paywall and not being able to read it. And you can become one of our text subscribers, which you definitely want to do before training camp. So again, Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. All right, part one of our look at the Browns defense. Welcome back to our FAQ series on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. And we are talking about the defense. Uh, we have a whole bunch of defense questions, but we're just going to start with this most basic question uh, as we figure out the Browns quarterback situation as all of this plays out. Is this Browns defense good enough, Mary Kay, to carry this football team? I think it is. I think it is. But the most important thing that it needs to do is to get those takeaways. Uh, if, if it can add that to its repertoire and really uh, be attra- attacking and aggressive and get the ball out of there, dig it out and get those interceptions uh, and win that turno- turnover battle, that's when you can be a really dominant defense that wins games for you. And I think it might end up having to be that for a while if Jacoby Brissett is starting a bunch of games instead of Deshaun Watson, they're going to need the defense to, to sort of carry the day, but not completely carry it because I mean, anytime that you have a running game, the way the Browns do, I mean, you're going to make some hay with your running game. So an excellent running game, an excellent defense and a good enough quarterback can win you a bunch of football games. So I think they will be okay in that regard. I think, I mean, when you look at kind of the last, so after that New England game, uh, you look at the Detroit game last year, they obviously held Detroit to 10 points. They, they essentially won that game. Uh, you have the Baltimore game where they forced four turnovers last year, um, but they intercepted Lamar Jackson four times. They lost, but the deep, they played good enough to win that game. They essentially won the second Baltimore game with Miles Garrett's play, 24-22. They were good enough in the Raiders game. They held the Packers to a field goal in the second half on Christmas, you know, and then you've got the, the Pittsburgh and Cincinnati games. Those are just wonky, but Ashley, this defense was good enough last year that if the offense could have just gotten one more score in basically all of the games they lost up until you get to when they were eliminated, this would have been a playoff team. Yeah. And like, let's use the green Bay game as an example, right? That's the game that, 
for example, Baker Mayfield throws four interceptions despite like that defensive performance in the second half. And despite, I think Nick Chubb having, you know, maybe his best game of the season in last year uh, up in green Bay. But I do think so much of the defensive struggles with those guys earlier in the season had to do with you had a number of injuries guys were dealing with. You had a number of long-term absences. You had a number of key pieces that were new. Obviously, Greg Newsom and JOK were your draft picks last year. JJ3 was a new guy. Like, they just didn't have a lot of time early in training camp and in the early portion of the season to really kind of gel together. And this year we're seeing basically like all those key guys kind of come back now and, and including Jadavian Clowney. Um, so I just think that the the pieces are there kind of like what Mary Kay is talking about. The takeaways were the big thing with them. They just were not very good at that last year. If they can do that, I definitely think they're, they're going to win you some games. And, and I do think for as long as Deshaun Watson is out, you're going to kind of need your defense to carry you as much as humanly possible. And, and Mary Kay, you've made this point before. I mean, during training camp, there were a lot of guys on the defense that were on the bikes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even that, it was hard for them to kind of gel at that point, and this year, even if that happens again, th- these guys have, for the most part, played together. They're essentially running it back on defense. They really are. Uh, and there should be so many guys that are uh, better than they were last year. And then they added, they really did add some nice pieces. I mean, they weren't necessarily first round picks. They weren't first or second round picks, but they were some nice pieces, guys that should rotate in and, and be able to contribute and in some cases, in a significant way, when you're talking about Martin Emerson and Alex Wright and Perry on Winfrey. So, I mean, I think those guys uh, will have an impact on the defense this season. I think that Joe Woods is really going to uh, do some things differently this year that he wasn't able to do last year because he had so much, such a lack of continuity on the defense. Now he's throwing more at them. Uh, he can get a little bit more, you know, exotic with his blitzes and things like that. And he can put more on JOK's plate. Uh, he can do some different things in the back end. And so, uh, you know, I think he's excited about what he can do with this crew. Yeah, it just seems like it just seems like they're in a really good position this year. This is a very confident group and it just feels like they have an idea of what they're capable of um, and it should be fun to watch. So that brings us to this next question. Um, Can the Browns defense be one of the best in franchise history? I'm going to say unequivocally. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I mean, you know, when you look back to to certain years where the defense was, was really good and dominant, you look back to the the dogs when they had Hanford Dixon and Frank Minifield and, and those guys, uh, you look back to when you had Clay Matthews. Um, well, I'll tell you that there are talented guys like that on this defense in the back end, on the defensive line. Now at linebacker, at every level of the defense, you have Pro Bowl caliber players. They've either made the Pro Bowl or they are capable of making the Pro Bowl. So I would say absolutely yes. And because it will be such an aggressive attacking defense, uh, I think you're going to see uh, just a lot of flashy, big plays. Uh, you know, I, again, with Perry on Winfrey, they want him to be explosive in the middle there. So if you've got, you've got, you've got guys coming at you from everywhere, in addition to uh, JOK, I think now you can do some more things with Grant Delpit in terms of attacking. Uh, same thing with, with Ronnie and, and JJ3. I think those guys will be able to be really aggressive. 
I do think it will result in more interceptions. So yeah, I think this stacks right up with any of the best Browns defenses in history. Ash, I'm trying to, to think like great Browns defenses and some Browns historian is going to get mad at me, but I <laughs> like, I don't, rem- I don't remember like a, you know, when we talk about Browns history, we talk about obviously those eighties defenses, mm-hmm. right? Mary Kay mentioned a bunch of those names, but we really talk about Jim Brown and Paul Brown and his offensive innovations and Otto Graham. And, um, you know, there have certainly been great defensive players that have come through Cleveland, but um, I don't, there's not like a Browns defense out there. That's been like historically great all time, unless I'm just completely forgetting something, someone. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think too, for me, like I didn't witness like those dog pound guys playing. Right. But like, that's, that's who like my parents talk about like all the time. Like those are, those are, I think the first people that when, when fans in Cleveland talk about those great defenses, they do think of like the Hanford Dixon and and those dog pound guys who started that and kind of set the culture and, and did all those intangible things on top of what they did on the field. But with this current group that Cleveland has, I think like in a decade or like 15 years from now, people are going to look back and be like, I can't believe that they had Miles Garrett and like Denzel Ward and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa all on the same team together, like in their primes, theoretically. And I think that's what's just so intriguing about this group for me is it feels like they have not reached their collective ceiling yet. And they were pretty good last year in spurts. And and I think they need to sustain that. But I do just think individually, a lot of these guys, you talk about Miles Garrett, Denzel, those three guys I mentioned, especially, they are either just entering their prime or not even in their prime yet in the case of JOK who's like just entering his second year so I think there's just so much more that they can give and and even some of those other pieces around them like you know we talk about JJ3 a lot as a guy who was so who didn't even last year really kind of live up to his full potential that he showed when he was in LA so that's even a guy who I think has more to give I I just think overall like in a decade or so, we're going to look back and be like, it, it's crazy. They had all these talented pieces and how they managed to build this. And I do think they they really do have a chance to kind of contend for for that accolade in Cleveland. And, and we've seen it before with teams where, you know, you're all, you talk about the offense and, you know, I think of the Ravens and that won the Super Bowl in 2000, right? That was under Brian Billick. And it was like, okay, they're bringing in this great offensive mind. And then they turn into this amazing defensive team. Um, now the Browns, if they have the Sean Watson, are going to be very good offensively. That, that's not going to be a problem. But this defense does have a chance to be really special. It has a chance to be a, a top five defense in the league. I, I don't think it's crazy um, to, to say that about this group, based, especially based on what we saw at the end of last year. So let, let's talk a little bit about the defensive line. And again, we're talking accolades. We're talking potential all-time greats here. This is the question we ask every year. Will Miles Garrett win Defensive Player of the Year this year? Mm, it's a great question. It's so hard to win it. It is so hard to win it. Um, the thing about Miles is that somehow he has to pace himself so that he can finish strong. In a number of his seasons, he hasn't been able to finish strong. Either he was out suspended or he sort of got injured or he got COVID. Whatever the case may be, he's had somewhat of a drop-off in the in the final five, six games of the season. And so somehow they have to find a way uh, to really keep him going all the way through the playoffs this year. So that might require a little bit more rotating in with Alex Wright and Chase Winovich to try to keep him really super healthy, not just for the season, but into the fourth quarter of the game. Um, So 
Hmm. The competition is fierce. The competition is fierce. I mean, the, the Steelers, uh, they're going to want to have something to hang their hats on this year. So, you know, TJ Watt's going to be looking to repeat. You've got the Bosa's that you've got to go up against. You always have Aaron Donald, who's now made some noises about, you know, winding down his career, which, I mean, it just seems so bizarre to think that he feels like he's ready to be done because he just looks like he's at the peak of his career. Um, so, ah, oh, gosh, this is a good question. <laughs> I, I certainly think that he's capable of it. I think he's capable of it. I think he has a, a good chance of doing it. What the heck? I'm going to say, yes, <laughs> let's, let's give it to him. Let's give miles <laughs> the incentive to go out and do this. Yeah, I mean, Ashley, we ask this question every. This is the first off season that you get to, get that you get to talk about this question. This um, is great. It is sort of to the point with Miles, where it's like, all right, like you're there. You, you've shown you can have these big seasons. Um, you know, you you've shown the ability to 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 rack up sack numbers. So, like now, it's just time to go do it. Like yeah. there's, he's capable. It's just a matter of he has to go do it. Yeah, and I would say for me, he's always a guy at this point in his career who enters a season and at least has that chance to win it, right? But the sustainability is the biggest part. And you look at the 16 sacks last year, like 13 of those came in the first 10 games. Obviously, had a huge game against the Bears, um, but only three in the last like seven games when he was battling with that groin injury for a big part of it. And it, what's interesting about Miles me is like Miles clearly knows this. Like he clearly knows that this is something that he has to get better at to improve his own game. Because when we've talked to him so far, he mentioned that these little, like trying to do things to mitigate those little nagging injuries has really been a focus for him this off season. And it's, you know, it's a lot of core work and, and things like that. And that's obviously, I think an underrated thing. That's super important when you are an NFL player to kind of make sure you're not overcompensating for, for any injury and helping you work through injuries and, and things like that. But I do think like, it's not just a matter of staying on the field, it's staying on the field and figuring out a way to, to not have as many of those nagging injuries. So you can still kind of like Mary Kay said, have the same level of effectiveness throughout the season, because last season, you know, it felt like he and TJ Watts started so strong. Right. But then miles didn't finish as strong and, and TJ did like that. That's kind of the difference for me. So I, I think he always enters the season with the capability to go after that accolade. Uh, but now he has to just kind of end the season, kind of showing that he can maintain that capability. So what does it look like, Mary Kay? What do, what is a defensive, like what, what are the things that he has to do? Obviously you mentioned staying, you know, finishing season, you know, 17 games strong, but what does it look like? Is it a combination, I guess, of, I mean, I guess the, the closest he's come was 2020, right? Mm -hmm. I think when, when he got COVID, he was probably one of the front runners yeah. for the award. And then his season kind of fell apart. He had the strip sacks, big sack mm -hmm. numbers. I mean, he was wrecking games that year. Right. And that's what it's going to take. You have to wreck games. You have to make those big impactful plays. You've got to be digging it out of there. You've got to be sacking the quarterback. You've got to be making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. You've got to be batting down balls. Uh, you've got to be jumping off that screen every time uh, you go out there. And I think that for the second year in a row now, we've heard Joe Woods say that, uh, that Miles needs to bring that consistent high level on every down. And if he does, he's unblockable. Now, Miles probably 
feels like he can't sustain that level on every single play. So therefore, what they should probably do is rotate more so that he's not getting as many snaps, but they would be more quality snaps. Uh, you know, so give him all of the third downs and some other other key things, but, uh, you know, kind of give him a little breather every now and again. Ashley, what do you think it looks like? Is yeah, that, I think I mean, the, the takeaways, I think getting more of those takeaways is a big part of it. Because well, he only had the one last year, right, The against the Ravens in that game at home, um, the forced fumble and the fumble recovery for the touchdown. But I do think that is part of it. And just like kind of taking advantage of those opportunities. We know how much like optics and, and you know, doing things in like the national TV games, um, how, how those impact things and how they impact things in the minds of the people who vote for these awards. So I, I do think that's part of it, just making more of those those big plays. And and I mean, the other part of it, like I said, it's just that that longevity and proving you can st- like have that consistency and stay out there and actually, you know, competing. Because when he's good, he's really good. It's it's when those injuries and things I think start to pile up. And and as far as the takeaways, you know, Miles has even said himself that those tend to come in bunches and they tend to be contagious, to borrow a word from from Jarvis Landry. So I think that. he needs to just get on that role and staying on the field is the biggest part of it. Okay. Our favorite topic, Perry on Winfrey (laughs) is Perry on Winfrey or anybody else. The answer at defensive tackle. There's kind of two ways to answer this, question. it's long-term and it's also short-term, right? Mary Kay. Yeah. I mean, they, they have a lot of bodies to throw at it this year. They've got plenty of bodies. Uh, I think they like what they've seen so far of Taven Bryan brings a little bit of a veteran presence, not necessarily superstar ability, but someone that can be a quality piece of the rotation there. They're very excited about Jordan Elliott. That's one thing that I did talk to defensive line coach Chris Kiffin about. He raved about Jordan Elliott and said that, uh, that he has been, you know, sort of his, you know, sort of star pupil this whole spring. So Uh, That was, you know, that was something I thought that was really interesting because if you just looked solely at the grades from last year, the PFF grades, they weren't great, but they're super excited about what Jordan is bringing to the table this year. So uh, they have that. And then you've got Perry on Winfrey, who, I mean, it's up to him. You know, he can show in training camp that he's ready to start or at least be a, a really big contributing factor in the rotation. And the way that he can do that is by getting that penetration early on and showing that he can actually do it and, you know, beat experienced offensive linemen. That'll be interesting because Nick Harris will be going up against, um, you know, Nick uh, Perry on Winfrey to a, to a certain extent. Uh, so that'll, that'll be kind of interesting to see how some of that goes, but, um, but yeah, I think uh, as we have mentioned on another pod, I would be all for bringing Sheldon Richardson back for many, many reasons. But if they don't do that, um, then then I I think they're okay giving these guys a chance. Ashley Perry on Winfrey, what's his what's his season look like as a rookie? Do you see him as the long term a long term solution at defensive tackle? I think it's too early to speculate on that, which is somebody who's been very high on Perry and Winfrey <laughs> since they drafted him. I think it's a big deal that I am saying that, um, but he is still a rookie and he is still a fourth round pick, right? If he is the long-term answer, that is an absolute home run of a pick to get him as late as they did and and to find that guy there. Um, again, for me, what is exciting about him and why I think he maybe 
at least has it, he, he at least like spawned this question, right? Like we're, we're having a discussion about whether it's a possibility. And I think the reason why is just, again, what he can do rushing the passer and doing those things. And I know you guys on a, you know, another podcast, we're setting the over under at his possible sack numbers and how that, you know, might the reps and, and things like that, how many snaps he's actually getting uh, is going to influence that. But I do think there's a reason we talk about all this because that's why they went and got him. Um, and I think he's uniquely suited to fit in this defensive scheme. So I, I'm not ready to say he's, yes, they found the guy. He's the long-term answer. But he he definitely has a chance to kind of show what he can do in this defense. And eventually that might lead to him being the yes to that question. Okay, so there we go. We, we've talked through the front, uh, the front of this Browns defense. Coming up tomorrow, we will take a look at the back end of the defense. <laughs>